Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of As the Crow Flies. I am your host, Vince Davenport. It's been a while since we have did an episode. I uh, kind of held off on doing episode seven to let the show breathe a little bit, give it some time, give it some space, make people miss it, perhaps. Um, and... And I wanted to develop, you know, just some new content. I didn't want the show to get stagnant, so I and I was busy. I had stuff to do. I, I traveled the world. I I loved. I lost. I I learned. No, I just I we we've had we've had a busy month here, and I haven't had time to sit down and dedicate a couple of hours to recording. So that's why it's it's been there's been some space in between episode six and seven and. I'm still trying to get my footing and trying to get to know the show and the listeners and kind of what you guys want and what I can do. And a week might just be too quick of a turnaround time for an episode. Again, this is a work in progress. So perhaps every few weeks we'll do another episode and the content will be not stale. Because I was I was trying to come up with, with details for the episode and, and, and points to talk about. And it just felt forced. And I wanted it to, be, to come naturally. And, and that's what I think I have for you today. But first, I'm going to still go back to episode six with a couple corrections because I, I did a re-listen and I, and I heard some things I said that just weren't right. So, and that's what I'm going to try and do here. I'm going to hold myself accountable, even for little things like this. I said the show Waco. I, I said how much I like that show, which I do and is a good show and you should definitely watch it. But I said that in Waco, there was three actors from Game of Thrones that were in that episode. I, I misspoke. I was thinking HBO. What I was really meant to say was, and what I found out later was, it's actually four actors, but it's not Game of Thrones. It's from Boardwalk Empire. So there's four actors from Boardwalk Empire. I guess Paramount. I think it was Paramount. The way it goes on Paramount. I guess they poached HBO a little bit. What you see in HBO shows a lot is that they use you know, some of the same actors. I don't know if there's any affiliation with Paramount, but they, they, they got a couple actors from Game of Thrones. Michael Shannon. Um, and the, the, like, um, Nookie Thompson's brother was in it and the guy who played Remy. And I can't think of the fourth person. Oh, Mickey Doyle. Mickey Doyle was part of the Branch Davidians in Waco. So that's four guys. There could be more. I don't know, but there, there was definitely four people from Boardwalk Empire in Waco, but it is a good show. So give it a look. And also I said the show that I watched with my mom, I called it Sparta. It's not Sparta. It's Spartacus. So again, I misspoke on that. Yeah, um, Spartacus, and since I since I said Sparta, I, th- I thought that it would take place in Greece, but that doesn't make much sense. So Spartacus takes place in Rome, I believe, or somewhere in Italy. So I was wrong about that. And another quasi-correction here, the bald spot that I talked about in the back of my head. Okay, let me clarify. Not that there's anything wrong with going bald or balding. I'm not going bald. It's not like that. It's not like the th- a thinning bald spot on the crown of my head or the top of my head or the front of my head it's like a legit like like bald spot like i don't even know how to describe it like almost birthmark like on the way back of my head not like the top of my head where you start to go bald or thin or whatever it's like on the back of my head and it's tiny but it's like condition it's like um it's it's some type of alopecia but it's like an acute type of alopecia so it's not i'm not going bald you know there's nothing wrong with that i know a lot of bald people you're beautiful you know, I, I love you, but I'm not going bald yet. I might one day. My lineage has a pretty thick, pretty thick heads of hair, but I, I don't know. Maybe I will one day, but that's not what's happening right now. I have some t- sort of like hereditary alopecia thing. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I haven't gone to the doctor about it. And I also had a, a, a complaint. You know who you are. You complained about the sound of my ice. It was, first, this isn't like a million dollar production. I like drinking a beer or some Grand Marnier. You know how I like my Grand Marnier and I like it with ice. Vince likes his Grand Marnier with ice and he likes it in a glass. So I had Grand Marnier and I could hear it. Like I could hear it when I was going through and putting together the show edit. It was there. I, I don't know. I didn't think it was a big deal. This is, it's, it's my podcast and uh, whatever. You know who you are. Shut up. It's delicious. I got to have Grand Marnier with ice, and I I like to sip it. I have a Boddington's beer in my hand right now that you'll hear me sip periodically. This isn't the pros, man. This isn't the big leagues. This is as the crow flies. We're casual. I have my shoes off. I'm in my socks. I'm in sweatpants, and I have a beer. Here, take a listen, Matt. Ah, That's good. So you might hear some ice in the background sometimes. You might hear some Boddington's getting sipped. That's just the breaks. Drink a beer with me while you're listening. It'll be fun. 
Now, in between recordings, I found out some cool stuff. Two things in particular that I found out that I didn't know before. The first one was that the movie Cool Runnings, you know Cool Runnings, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. I don't do a good Jamaican. I found that out in watching it as trying to do a Jamaican accent. It's not It's not in my repertoire. I do a good Indian. I do a good um, English accent. I can even do Aussie, but I don't do Jamaican. It's not, it's not, I, I tried. It doesn't sound good. The four guys that play the Jamaican bobsledders, out of those four guys, none of them are from Jamaica. I was stunned by that. I cannot believe that. These guys should get Oscars. I thought for sure that they were all from Jamaica. That's really impressive. Oscars for all of them, including John Candy. Three of them are from New York. Three of them aren't even from like the islands. Three of them are from New York. They're Americans. And one of them is from, I think, Haiti or Trinidad. I don't remember which one. I looked it up like two weeks ago while I was watching it. I was shocked. I was stunned. I thought at least the little guy in the back was was Jamaican. Hey, they really sound like they were Jamaican. I can't believe that. And that was based on a true story. Cool running. There's a sip for you. That was based on a true story. Like lightly, like loosely based. John Candy's character was real. And there was some real bobsledders, but I don't know if the story was real. But no, they're all they're all they're, three of them are American. That's shocking. What great actors. Whatever happened to those guys? Now another even crazier thing that I discovered in my time traveling the globe in between episodes six and seven and studying up culture and 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 different societies to have knowledge for the show. I found out so everybody there one there's a few things that are just universally loved in this world. And one of them is Oreos. Everybody loves Oreos. You can't find somebody that says, oh, no, mm-mm, Oreos, they're not for me. Now, there's different variations that people prefer over and over the other. I prefer the regular stuff. Kim prefers the double stuff. Some people like the vanilla. Some people like the thins, the thin mint, the crazy flavors that they're coming up with now, the black and white. I like just regular Oreos. I'll eat the other ones. I don't really like it. I prefer the cookie over the cream. I like the cream. It makes the Oreo. But if I had to choose one, I like the cookie. Some people like the double stuff because of the cream. And then there's mega stuff that has three stuff. <laughs> that's that's too that's way too much stuff. So Oreos. We always see them in the store and we always see the knockoff Oreos, like the store brand Oreos. Well, I hope you're sitting down for this. One of the like most popular, what we thought were knockoff Oreos was Hydrox. Well, guess what? Hydrox came out first oreos are the knockoff that's per- that's unbelievable i was stunned floored when i heard that hydrox came out in 1908 oreo came out four years later as a knockoff brand can you believe that hydrox is was like the first oreo type cookie that's all i have to describe it poor hydrox they got discontinued in 1999, and then, and then somebody, another brand started making Hydrox. I wanted to do a taste test. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do a, an Oreo Hydrox taste test because I read up and it said Oreos are a little bit sweeter. Hydrox hold up better in the milk when you dunk it. So I'll have to, I'll have to do an Oreo Hydrox comparison. And Oreo, I mean, that's like, what are some other times where the generic knockoff brand? took down the giant like could that be that could be like such a great insult Did anybody ever use that as an insult in an argument like if you're trying to see who's better at something like who's the better golfer or who's the better worker or just who's better in any general category like hey dude listen you're the you're hydrox i'm oreo like beat it that would hurt <laughs> i was just thinking so much than somebody calling me like a derogatory name like, if you called me Hydrox and called yourself Oreo, you win automatically. That's an argument winner. Yeah, listen, Hydrox, take a seat. Oreo's taking over. Ooh, <laughs> you win. <laughs> so Hydrox, the original, Oreo the knockoff. Mr. Pibb, that's a good knockoff, but it won't overtake Dr. Pepper. 
I really can't think of some other really good knockoff brands that it would have to have taken place like so long ago. Everything now is established. It's either store brand or like the brand that won already. But what are some like what are some underdog brands that took down the win like Oreo did? Came out four years later and knocked down Hydrox. The name Hydrox just doesn't work. It sounds too sciency. It sounds like something I, I would I would not want to eat. It sounds like something I would I would probably, you know, have a, an experiment on. The Hydrox paradox. Sounds so too sciencey for me. I don't I don't know. Maybe they're delicious. I, I'm sure I've had one in my life, but I really I want to do a taste test. I want to do a taste test to see which one I actually like better. I assume I'd like Oreo better. Maybe I'll do a blind taste test. I'll do a blind Hydrox Oreo taste test. Another thing I had a conversation with, with Kim, this was a, a, a couple months ago, actually, when I said, I, I, somehow we got in a conversation of like picking up Doritos. Now, I'm of the mind that if you say, if I say to you, or hey, here, even better, if you say to me, hey, uh, can you grab uh, some Doritos on your way up? Sure, absolutely. I wouldn't ask what kind. Because if you say Doritos, you mean nacho cheese Doritos. You don't mean any other kind of Doritos. If you mean like spicy nacho or Cool Ranch Doritos, you would specify, hey, can you grab some Doritos? Oh, grab Cool Ranch Doritos. Hey, can you grab the spicy nacho Doritos on the way up? Hey, remember the remember the 3D ones? Grab the 3D Doritos. The fla- the, but the flavor, nacho cheese, that is the Dorito. Kim's on, under the impression that you have to specify nacho cheese. When she thinks Doritos, she thinks Cool Ranch. I don't get that. I mean, Doritos for a really long time. I'm a Dorito connoisseur. I eat them in different ways. Sometimes I just throw them right in my mouth and chew them up and eat them. Sometimes I lick the cheese off and then eat the chip. I love Doritos. Doritos are top 10 food for me. When I say Dorito, if I say, hey, can you grab a bag of Doritos on your way over? Hey, do you have Doritos here? Oh, these Doritos are good. What's your favorite Dorito? Dorito. I mean nacho cheese. Anything else, I'll say. Cool Ranch is really good. That's not a Dorito. That's not just a Dorito. That's a Cool Ranch Dorito. The Sweet Chili Dorito is pretty good, too. That's a Sweet Chili Dorito. I'll never say, hey, can you grab Doritos? And then when you show up with nacho cheese, I say, We're, I meant Sweet Chili. No way. These Doritos are really good. He must be talking about nacho cheese. Or else, he would have specified. He would have said these Cool Ranch Doritos are really good. I love Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch Doritos are the second best Dorito. Especially when you get the one that just, it looks like it's just speckled with all that, all that seasoning and it's just packed with it. Oof, I, that's, that's like a little slice of heaven for me. But that's a Cool Ranch Dorito. Nacho cheese, that's a Dorito. Bottom line. Something else that took place over the last month that I saw was this movie, Peter Rabbit came out and they're gay they got destroyed by i guess we call them snowflakes i mean i'm part snowflake like i care about people's feelings and don't want people to be offended by real like offensive things i care about that i wouldn't say that i'm just like like screw everybody you can say whatever you want and you get away with it and you can put people down and there's no ramifications that's not true that's not how i feel i think anything race related or gender related or sexual orientation that that is that is slander and and offensive you should you should you know you should get shame for that and you should have to apologize i'm a big believer in that but also i do think that we are going way too overboard with this allergy shaming peter rabbit made a joke about it, like a guy getting an allergic reaction because of a blackberry and people were killing the movie like just destroying it wanting apologies apologies are like demanded now for everything we need you to apologize you offended this group of people. Every group of people is going to get offended by something. I mean, I don't know. If you talked about people with brown hair, I wouldn't demand an apology. If you talk about an allergy, I'm allergic, to, I'm allergic to Old Spice deodorant. Like any Old Spice deodorant I've ever put on my armpits, my armpits flare up. I don't go nuts if Old Spice has a commercial about that. Why would I care? Who cares? That's not like, and it's a kid's movie. I get it. And you don't want kids to be sad, but come on. Are we really there? We're there that you can't, you can't joke around about somebody having an, an allergy about something and you have to apologize. 
No, we don't want that. That's not what we want. We've gone to the other extreme. At first it was, you know, anything goes and you can say whatever you want. And now it's, you can't say anything without, I just found out that you, you can't, and I really did not know this. And I wouldn't even have thought it was offensive because I don't even know why it is offensive. But if you're flying, you, not even if you're flying, just in general if conversation, if you are talking about somebody that works on a plane that isn't a pilot, that person, you know, there, there have to be called now flight attendants, which I always knew it was called a flight attendant, but I also have referred to them as stewards and stewardesses. I did not know that they take offense to that. Why? I don't even know. I, I, I have to do some research on that because I don't get why that is offensive. I would have said, I mean, I don't know if I've ever even addressed them by, hey, stewardess, can I have a can I have a drink, please? Or, hey, stewardess, can I have some peanuts? Or, hey, stewardess, can I have a pillow? I don't even, I would just say, sir or ma'am. But if you're talking about them, hey, did you see that stewardess walk by? I was, I was hoping she would bring my soda. I, no, that's offensive. You have to call them flight attendants, which they are. But what's wrong with steward? Stewardess. Why is that offensive? Why can't we call them that? Why? I don't get it. I do weird stuff. I wouldn't be. And being a stewardess isn't even weird. I, I don't get why that's something that's. Why is, why is flight attendant better than stewardess? You're attending to people's needs. You're a steward. That's the, that's the definition of the word. I do weird stuff and I don't get shamed for it. I do get shamed for it, actually. Kim shaves me, shames me because I like, um, <laughs> Kim doesn't shave me. Kim shames me for some food I like, specifically anchovies. I get shamed for liking anchovies. If you, like, it's such like a, a word people hear that they're like, ugh, anchovies. Because of like Ninja Turtles. Because Ninja Turtles used to put them on their pizza. Oh, some anchovies on the pizza, dude. No, anchovies are really good. They're good in salads. They're good on pizza. That's pretty much it. I don't eat them raw. Kim makes fun of me for or raw. Plain. Kim makes fun of me for eating them because they smell disgusting. I don't think they smell that bad. I think they smell good because I like anchovies. I like onions. I like mushrooms. I like weird food. She shames me for it. I don't take it personal. Can you can you close your onions up? They're disgusting. I can't believe you're putting those gross fish fillets on your salad. They're good. What I I don't demand an apology from her. Don't talk about my diet like that. You need to apologize, verbal and written. I demand it on my pillow tomorrow morning. No, who cares? We all have these weird things about us. Like it doesn't. They gotta draw the line somewhere. You can't you can't just destroy a movie because of a an allergy shaming scene. What even shaming? It was a joke in a movie. Like people just need to relax a little bit. Everybody's so tense. And Kim even knows the feeling because we get shamed for liking Applebee's wings. <laughs> Applebee's is such a gross place. I don't. I, actually, it's not gross. I don't mind Applebee's. Their wings are just really good. Some people hate it. I love. If you haven't had Applebee's boneless wings, give that a whirl. They're really, really good. But we're okay with that. We accept that. We own that. We love their wings. And when you're out to eat, do you ever see like how they always describe how the food is prepared? Like pan seared, wood fired, infused with nonsense, cooked over something hot. Do we really care about that? (laughs) By the way, I'm moving on from the shaming portion of the show. I'm just curious because I, when I look at menus, I always see that. It always says pan-seared, wood-fired. Do we care about the, the tools that we use or use to cook our food? And is that going to really weigh on your decision? Have you ever said, oof, you know, that salmon, I'd really like it. That sounds good. I just, I prefer it seared on a hot stone rather than uh, the wood plank. Do you have any hot stones back there? No, no, then I'll just have the salad. Well, who cares? Is that really influencing what, you, what, what you're going to get if it's pan-seared or wood-fired or coal-fired or coal-pan-wood-seared over the fire? Who cares? Why do we care about that? It doesn't matter. Is the salmon good? Does the chef recommend it? Not, is he cooking it in a pan? Ugh. Is it a 10-inch? Oh, no, 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 no. The 12-inch pan? Mm-mm. No, I don't like the 12-inch. Would you mind throwing that into a sneaker and steaming it 
over a bucket of oil. No, car oil. Not No, not olive oil. Regular motor oil, please. Thank you. Who cares what what the devices are that are that are cooking your meat? Like I could see break it down to like pan fried or grilled, like over an actual grill. They taste different. Everything. I mean, not even really. Like, can you just throw some liquid smoke on the pan? Like, it'll taste like it was on the grill. Who cares? That's not gonna. That's not gonna determine whether now if you're getting seafood or something like that and it's fried or steamed. Totally different. Totally different because they're prepared differently. They actually taste different. And they are either super fatty or not that fatty. What's heating your food up doesn't, I mean, aside from that, like breaded and fried and steamed are two different things. Pan seared, wood fired, coal oven. You can't taste the difference between that. You can get a pizza from a a wood fired pizza or a coal fired pizza or a regular pizza oven. Tastes the same. Don't give me that crap. If the pizza is actually different, then yeah, of course it will taste different. It'll be thin. It'll be thick. It'll be. If you took the same exact three pizzas and put them all in the three different ovens, they're going to come out exactly the same. I, I, they just are. I'm not on board with that. Another thing I noticed with food, there's a good snack food out there. A lot about food this week, I think. Yeah, I'm going down a list. Like we're going on food for a little bit here. So I hope you're hungry. There's a good snack food out there that I love, that's perfect for like football season or even March Madness, sit back, have some beer, and eat this snack. And it could be, it's so close to being a top five snack, although it's missing just one thing. And it's Chex Mix. Chex Mix would skyrocket in my snack ranking if there was peanuts in there. Chex Mix has to get on board with this. Chex Mix would be the perfect snack. Might be the best snack if there was peanuts inside. I love Chex Mix and I love peanuts. You can get your own Chex Mix and get your own peanuts and mix them up, but it's just not the same. They have to party for a while. They have to they have to be together in the manufacturing and in the truck and in the store. They have to hang out and get it and, and just you know be friendly in that bag of Chex Mix. And then by the time I eat it, it's just it's perfect. You can't add your own peanuts. Did you ever? There's this thing. I just thought of this. There was this guy I was in the Navy with, and his name was Brent Alleygood. And he was from North Carolina. And he told me about, it's just got him, this just popped in my head because I was talking about peanuts. This is going to sound terrible. And I thought it sounded terrible the first time he told me about it, but it's actually, it's, it's ridiculous. So he was telling me where he's from, like, and it might be like a Southern thing. They get Coke or Dr. Pepper and They'll get a bag of like 99 cent salted peanuts and they'll dump a little bit of the bottle of soda out and they'll dump the peanuts in and drink it. And he told me about this and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's such a bad combination. <laughs> it's so disgusting. And then I tried it. It's just a, one of those things like you just have to try. It's delicious. It makes the peanuts taste better. It makes the soda taste better. It is so good. If you've never had that and you're not watching your weight like I am, which I'll get to in a minute, which stinks. But if you're not watching your weight, go out and grab a bottle of Coca-Cola or Dr. Pepper and a bag of the 99 cent peanuts and, and mix them up. Dump the peanuts in the soda. Let it hang out for like five minutes and, and drink it. It is so good. You'll thank me. You will thank me about that. But yeah, I'm so I'm dieting right now. So I can't do that. And I've been dieting for like a month. And I know I've said before, like I'm starting to get a little chubby. And I was. And I went on Weight Watchers, which I'll tell you that's legit. Weight Watchers is the real deal. If you follow it like you should, Weight Watchers works. I've lost, so I've lost 19 pounds. In under a month, in like three and a half weeks. That's that's um that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good pace. That's going to slow down, obviously, because I had it to lose. But 19 pounds in three weeks is good. So if you're thinking about trying to lose weight and what diet you should go with, try Weight Watchers. It's pretty good. This isn't an advertisement. I haven't reached you know the amount of fans that I need to have Weight Watchers. You know, start start throwing advertisements on the show. This is just a real, like, you know, a real testimonial. It's it works. It's worked for us. So so my snacks now are not Oreos and Chex Mix. It's fruit. (laughs) 
And they say that gets easier, but it's not. It's not getting easier. <laughs> I want I want sweets, and I want Chex Mix with peanuts, and I want Coca-Cola with peanuts in it, and I want a cheesesteak, and I want French fries so bad, and I want anchovies on pizza, and I want... <laughs> I want uh, Mississippi pot roast. <laughs> I try and work Mississippi pot roast into every show. So far, I've been successful, but it's it's difficult. It's not getting it's not getting any easier. So we'll see how how long I can go. I want another ten pounds. We'll see what happens. So we're eating a lot of like, well, fruits, vegetables, chicken, turkey, chicken, turkey, chicken, and turkey, <laughs> and it's always healthy. And usually, like, you know, there comes the, the you have to have a vegetable, you have to have a grain, you have to, have, or you can have it what it's California style, right? Do you know what California style always means, no matter what menu you're looking at? California style means that it's the same dish that you're seeing, but if you add avocado, it's California style. <laughs> I've noticed that. I've also noticed that sabra hummus is really good. It's really good with pita or now celery and carrots. But they really stiff you on the middle stuff. And that's getting kind of annoying. I, I, I want some more middle stuff, whether it's the roasted red pepper, the garlic, the pine nuts, the olive tapenade. I don't know. They just need more middle stuff because that middle stuff's gone first sitting. That's what we go for. Poof, right in the middle. And then it's just hummus after that. So we need that. It's just, I'm sick of chicken. I'm sick of turkey. Like we'll do a splurge every now and then, but our splurges aren't even aren't even really crazy. The one we did was uh, something called pasta carbonara. If you haven't ever had pasta carbonara, look it up and try it. It's a good meal. Really good. Delicious. We saw it one night on Guy's Grocery Games because everything Guy Fieri, we love. We love we love Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives and Guy's Grocery Games. And I know he's a huge D-bag, but I love him. I think he's such a funny guy. So he seems like such a genuinely nice guy and he's so cheesy and his wardrobe is so awful and his look is ridiculous. But I don't know. He's just, I don't know. His shows are fun to watch. So we saw it on there and we tried it. It's like five ingredients. It'll cost you $20 and it'll take, it takes like 15 minutes to make pasta carbonara. Look that up and give it a whirl. It's like you use raw, the raw egg makes the sauce once you mix it with the spaghetti. It's pretty good. We made that twice so far. It's awesome. But I, so I miss red meat. I haven't had red meat in almost, almost a month, which stinks. But it comes to, it makes me think of something. Another thing that annoys me. Besides listening to podcasts where the host drinks beer throughout. And that is, why do you care how I eat my steak? Why is that something that everybody cares about? Nobody cares about anything else that I do or eat or put on food. Nobody cares that I like mayonnaise on a cheesesteak or mustard on a burger. Or anchovies on my, besides Kim, or anchovies on my pizza. But once you get a well-done steak, everybody is suddenly Bobby Flay. And they want you to know how you should eat that steak and why the way you're eating it is wrong. You're, you're not getting the juices. You need the juices. The blood. That's what it is. It's blood. Like, it's not juices. You, you're telling me I need the blood. You monster. I'm not putting, I'm not going to like Sullivan's. Or Ruth's Chris and and getting a steak and dumping A1 on it. But if I'm an Outback, yeah, I'm putting A1 on it. A1's delicious. I like A1 on everything. I like it on corn and potatoes. Of course I like it on my steak. A1's a go. Outback? Give me A1. I love it. I know if I'm going to a high-end steakhouse, I'll go medium well at the most. I'm not, I won't get well done just because I know that I'll get side eye and the chef will probably step on my steak with his dirty shoe because people hate that. You're ruining the steak. Why does it matter to you? I'm paying for it. I paid for this. I paid for the food. You're not worried about me putting anything I want on my, my baked potato. I, I've seen people put crazier things on food, do crazier things with food. I'm not going to go get a Pittsburgh steak. Which is like the black and blue, which is essentially, it's called Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh, a Pittsburgh steak is like more than rare. It's like less than rare. It's, it's, 
burnt on the outside and raw on the inside. It's called a Pittsburgh steak because like old like coal mine workers or I know old uh, steel factory workers would would get a piece of meat and like hold it by the whatever that was heating up the steel and it would burn the steak but the inside the inside would be raw so that's called a Pittsburgh. Gross. I would never do that. I like steaks well done. I like them maybe medium well, like a tiny tiny bit pink. Aside from that, I don't I don't want I don't like blood. I don't want blood. I'm not I'm not a savage. I'm not like a caveman going like chewing on chewing on like saber-toothed tiger legs and stuff like that. No, that's not me. Why do you care? Like what difference does it make? I don't I just never I never I never understood that. Nobody cares about anything else. And I got news for you. You can ask any chef you want. People that get, you should never get a burger, anything, a cheeseburger or any kind of burger that you get shouldn't be anything but um, well done. Ground beef should always be cooked well done. Some people get burgers rare and medium. Gross. It's ground beef. That's like meat from multiple cows that you're really taking a risk there. Like a steak is one cow. I still don't get it. I don't like it, but nobody judge. People don't judge you as much on the burger as they do as a steak. Get your steak well done. What's wrong with you? It's gross. The juices. Like, sorry you like a bowl full of blood running into making your mashed potatoes all pink and... No, I'm okay. Uh, that, does, that doesn't do it for me. Isn't it weird, though, that like people enjoy blood? We always, like, we've come so far as a society that I find it weird that we still describe good meals and good, good like, properly cooked meat as, like, fall off the bone good <laughs> and you think about that like how civilized we are and then we describe uh, the ribs that we have oh you got to try the ribs the meat falls right off the bone <laughs> that's, that's so good it's, that's like really gross when you think about it oh honey the chicken the the chicken legs we had they're dripping with sauce made from the fat of pigs and the marrow of a femur from a cow fell meat fell right off the leg. <laughs> it's so nasty. It's so weird that we do that. And we call them parts. Like, ah, oh, the chicken leg. Oh, fry up that chicken leg for me. <laughs> meat falls right off the bone. <sighs> you didn't even have to chew the meat of the chicken. It just melted in your mouth. <laughs> oh, what monsters we've become. Now the last the last time I had a steak was when Kim and I went on a trip to New York. And it was about a month ago. It was like right before we started our diet. It was maybe a little bit more than a month ago, and it was fun. We were drunk by we got up there, we drove up there. It took us like an hour and twenty minutes to get from Conchahawken to to Manhattan to our hotel on forty sixth Street. So we got there at like eleven. 11 o'clock, we left at 9.30, got there at 11. We put our son in the cage. We, we've crate traded him, crate trained him, and he's he's really good. He he pees in the, on the pad. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't call CPS on me. Um, he was with he was with my mom and, and my stepdad. But So we got there at 11. We were drunk by 1. 1 p.m., we were already drunk. We went to the Museum of Natural History, drunk. We were looking at like old dinosaurs and di- like skeletal remains of of woolly mammoths, and then we were looking at the the star systems of the Milky Way galaxy, and we were drunk. <laughs> then we, we, I mean, before and after that, we visited probably eight or eight or ten bars, like all told, before we before we ended up going to dinner, went home, got ready, and went to dinner. But before that, so I was joking, and I, I this is an obvious joke, but I was telling her. Like, just in a joking tone, but I was saying, like, oh, man, I hope I don't get recognized up in New York. Like, I hope people don't come up to me and help me for my autograph because they recognize me from my podcast. <laughs> like, okay, man, I really just don't want the press following us around. You know, I don't. I just want a nice private weekend in Manhattan. In Manhattan a nice private weekend in Manhattan. That's kind of an oxymoron. But uh, so I was joking. Well, one of the first bars we went into... We sat down and got a drink, and the bartender was like, "Hey, dude, do I know you from somewhere?" 
was like, see, see, he knows. He probably listens to my podcast. He was like, what What are you talking about? Of course, he didn't recognize me from my podcast. He just thought he met me before. So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. So we went, we asked him like the place we made a reservation at. And he was kind of like, he was like, I don't know. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go there. But we went anyway. And he was right. It was terrible. We paid like a hundred and hundred and some dollars for like a super fatty steak and some rice. Sounded terrible and like a beer. That's Manhattan's so expensive, but Manhattan's the best. Like New York's awesome. New York's such a fun time. I love that city, but it's so expensive. Like you spend a ton, ton, ton of money. And, you know, obviously there's just so many people recognizing me up there that I couldn't get away. We were asleep, I think. I think I was asleep before 1030. That was our big, that was our big weekend night away, a big Saturday away from, from, from the, from the kid is we were asleep. I was asleep before, like before 1030. I was, I was snoozing. It was fun all the way home. When I was a kid, when I was like in like 19, I was like seven or eight years old. I'll never forget this. My, my parents went to some function in New Jersey, in Maple Shade, New Jersey. And they went to a place called the Jug Handle Inn. And I remember them coming home and my dad was telling me how how good the wings were there. Like the wings were like the best wings he's ever had. And for some reason they brought a menu home with them. And it, they hung it. We had a cork board in our kitchen. And they hung the menu from the Jug Handle Inn on the cork board. And there it stayed for years. And I would always look at the menu and be like, oh man, I, like, I remember my dad telling me about those wings. Like I wanted to try them so bad. Fast forward 26 years, I never, I've never been there. I still haven't, I've, I haven't been there since or ever. Well, we're on our way home from New York. It's pouring rain and I, it just pops in my head. It pops in my head like, hey, we're already in Jersey. Like, let's just go down further on the turnpike and we'll check out the jug handle. Like, I'll finally, after decades of waiting, 26, you know, some odd years, I go, I'm going to the jug handle. And so we, we went and, we pulled up to the jug handle and right away I was like, Oh no, this is not what I was picturing. Either this was like, I don't know, dumpy in the nineties or it's just, it's dated. I don't know. It was maybe a little bit of both. It was just not what I pictured. It looks like the structure. It looked like, and he, so we walked in and it just felt like it was like a regulars place. It wasn't like, Hey, we want to go to the jug handle tonight. We haven't been there in a while. This was like, you know, Tom and Steve were at the bar because they're always at the bar and you know Shanice is playing tunes on the jukebox like it was like this is we looked odd walking in here they were like who is this like why is he why are they in jug handle right now this is our place felt like Porky's like the movie Porky's that's what it felt like in there so we got the wings there's not really a huge moral of this story it's just I don't know I figured I'd bring it up we got the wings we got like a couple appetizers and the wings were really good the wings were delicious so after 26, I don't know if they were, obviously there was some lofty expectations. I really, I, I've been waiting, you know, almost 30 years to try the wings. They were really good. Not the best wings I've ever had. I probably wouldn't drive to the jug handle again. If I was passing it, I was hungry. I was in the mood for wings. I sure I'd go in. They were good. They were different. They're different types of, they're a different type of wing. Um, but I mean, they're good all in all. They were, they were pretty good wing. Drive there if you're on your way home from New York and stop at the jug handle and tell uh, tell the crowd that Kim and I say hi. They'll, 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 they'll remember us. And I think about that like 26 years. That's such a long time. I can't believe it's been that long since I was like staring up at that menu in my kitchen on 10th Avenue. It's just weird how we say we always say life moves fast life goes your life goes by so fast but it's the longest thing we'll ever do so i don't understand why we feel like that so much and that's really everybody feels like that i've never heard somebody say oh my god like, this thing's dragging along i can't wait till i'm 50 <laughs> come on 5-0 like no it's just life just moves fast i, I don't know why because we have the only thing we have we have nothing else to compare it to as long as you've been alive that's just the longest feeling you've had. But we always say it's short. In comparison to like space and time, of course it is. It's the blink of an eye. But for us, it shouldn't feel that way. It should feel long. And it doesn't. And 26 years 
and it's still carrying those memories with me. It's just so bizarre that we still have those old memories and feelings that stay with us. It's just adulthood has arrived, I guess, and getting old stinks. Now, as an adult, as much as I am an adult and feel like an adult, sometimes the universe has a funny way of reminding me that I'm not as responsible as I should be being a 32-year-old man, soon-to-be 33-year-old man. Now, usually, this manifests as a reminder, (laughs) and it takes the form as a realization, and that realization usually comes as I'm using the bathroom, and I realize that we ran out of toilet paper, and I am forced to, I don't mean ran out of toilet paper just in the bathroom, I mean in the house, and I get forced to use store brand, very rough, gritty napkins <laughs> that's that's tough that's a tough pill to swallow when you're 32 and you and you're wiping yourself with napkins and then i think to myself like how how i how far ahead of myself did i did i think i was like i really thought i had this this grown up thing down <laughs> i'm really i'm really disappointed in myself and then and then i also think like how i never really appreciated the softness and the texture and the overall pliability of a nice piece of toilet paper. (laughs) Now this happens about twice a year. I could blame just like I blame the podcast on like being super busy and, you know, having a small child to that keeps our attention. But really it just comes down to bad inventory. Like that, that, that could be, you know, that could be annoying sometimes. Now it's different when it's like a bad inventory and you run out of hand soap that's a little different or it's a bad inventory and you run out of tomatoes. You get by when you do bad inventory and you're an adult and it's toilet paper. You're in trouble. Now you've got to just, you know, hope that you, your napkin inventory was correct. (laughs) And we've all been there. I'm sure it's just a way of the, for the universe to slap you down and say, you're not, you haven't made it totally yet. You're still forgetting a few things. And here's a little reminder at the worst time possible. <laughs> Obviously, that could that's one of the most annoying things that can happen. Another really annoying thing on a different note, on a totally different level, has nothing to do with using the bathroom. But a holiday, a certain holiday is coming up. And it's one of my most annoying holidays. I partake in festivities, but... It's just, I don't know. I have a big gripe with St. Patty's Day. And I think it's mostly the people that celebrate and really celebrate. Not just like wear a green hat or go to a parade like I did. It's just like the real hardcore celebrators. Because everybody thinks they're Irish. I don't know why everybody all of a sudden thinks they're Irish. I don't understand the fascination with Ireland and being Irish. I'm sure Ireland is a beautiful country. I'd love to visit it one day. I don't know why everybody has to claim that they're Irish. Because your name starts with an MC or an O apostrophe, doesn't it does not mean you're Irish. You were you're born in America. Your parents were born in America. Your grandparents were born in America. You're American. You're not Irish. Like if your great grandmom's great uncle came from Ireland, they're Irish. <laughs> You're not Irish. Why is it so cool to be Irish? Why does everybody want to be Irish? And you know what the other one is? Italian. Everybody wants to be Italian. Italian's such a cool thing to be. You know when it wasn't cool? Like 1941. <laughs> Being Italian was not cool then. Don't forget that, that Italians fought with Germany in World War II. That's when Italians. When did it become so so like niche and cool to be Italian? It's like wear the horn to love Italy. Like Italy's cool. I like Italian food, but you know what? Nobody in Italy calls sauce gravy. Did you know that? You know what they call sauce in Italy? Sauce. Everybody that's from Italy calls it sauce. It's not gravy. 
that's just like a cool hip thing that people call it here. And it's like, it's so like, I don't know. It's so like, they try to be so exclusive. Like, no, we call it gravy because we're Italian. You're not Italian. We went to school together. <laughs> Where, which part of that, like every grade. When were you living in Italy that I didn't see over the summer? What? I don't, I don't understand. Gravy's brown, by the way, or tan. It goes on potatoes and meatloaf. And sometimes even egg doodles. Doesn't go on pasta. It's not red. Your grandma doesn't make the best gravy. Perhaps she makes the best sauce. I won't argue that. She probably doesn't make the best gravy. Unless it's brown. You also can't drink a lot because you're Irish. That makes no sense. Because seven generations ago. Somebody came over here in your lineage, in your family tree, somebody traveled across the Atlantic in, in 1864 from Ireland. And so you can drink a lot. What? Think about what you're saying before you say nonsense like that. That's such a big pet peeve of mine. It just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why isn't it cool to be from Scotland or Finland or Latvia? If you weren't born in Ireland, if you weren't born in Italy, you're not Italian. You're not, you're not Irish. You're just, you're just plain old American. I'm sorry to break it to you. You're a mutt like me. Great, greats aren't what you are. That's not you. If I went to school with you, if I grew up with you, if I knew you, I know you're not Irish. I know you're not Italian. You know why I know this? Because I don't know anybody from Ireland. I don't know anybody from Italy. I don't know any real Italians. I know guys that were like, you know, born here and, and love Italy for some reason. That's okay to love Italy. You can love Italy. I love Italy. Cool. Italy, Italy's great. I love every, well, I, don't, I don't hate any country. Well, there's some countries I hate, but you know what I mean? I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. And while we're on it, Greeks invented pizza, not Italians. The Chinese invented pasta, not Italians. Not your great aunt Flora from Bologna. I like Italian food. I like bangers and match. Bangers and mash, not bangers and match. I like those foods as much as the next guy. My great-grandfather, he was from Italy. He was Italian. He came here to start a new life in America. My other great-grandfather, one of my other great-grandfathers, was from England. I'm not English. I'm not Italian. I'm a mutt. You're a mutt. We're just mutts. We're just Americans. That's it. Be satisfied with that. That's fine. That doesn't, it doesn't take anything away from you. You're still cool. You're still awesome. You can still love Italy. You can still love Italian food. You can still love Ireland and wear green on St. Paddy's Day. But you're not Irish. You're not Irish. If you're listening to this and you don't, you've never lived in Ireland, you weren't born in Ireland, I'm sorry. You're just not Irish. All right. So rant over. I apologize. Hopefully and nobody hates me after that, but you're just, it's just something that has always ugh, it just irked me for some reason. I don't know why it doesn't even affect me, but it's just one of those things that you have nothing to do with you, but you just want to give your two cents and you probably don't care, but that's my two cents. Nonetheless, things I've tried and failed at eating good was on the list, but I've been killing it lately. So I can't really say I failed at that. I've actually succeeded at eating way better than I was eating before. Our, my diet was, was just lazy. I've been cooking so much more. I'm getting pretty good at it. We're cooking all kinds of um, healthy meals every day, every night. And it does get exhausting. And it, it's not, it stinks. But I've been doing really good at it. Kim's been doing really good at it. We're doing really good at it. If you need some suggestions, reach out and let me know. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll fire some off 
we're doing a lot of like we're cooking different stuff every night and some of it works out some of it's actually kind of gross but i'm usually good for over seasoning things sometimes um but that's whatever it's it's still like last night we did chicken poblano with cream sauce which the cream sauce was the only thing that was really like kind of bad in that and 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 rice and beans pretty good meal anyway I've tried and failed at writing a book. I've talked about that plenty, but I've still tried and failed at it because I haven't written the book since I first talked about it. And I haven't worked on it as much as I want to. So I'm still failing at writing a book. The bones are there. I just need time. And that's a lame excuse, but it is an excuse. I guess it's a reason too. It's just hard to dedicate that time when you have a full-time job and you're a full-time parent and I'm a single mom, so it's even harder being a single mom. So, um, the next, that's just really it for tried and failed at. Uh, I, I've just been really struggling writing this book. And eventually, if it, I'm going to finish it one day. I know, I know that. It's just I hope it's sooner than later. The next show, I will talk about my baseball career, which is hilarious. I mean, I can't even talk about that now. Here's my baseball career. Here's something. That's something that I've tried and failed at. Then I'll talk about that now. My next show, I'll talk about my magical basketball run in 10th grade gym class. The the try to fail my gym class basketball story is actually pretty funny because I'm such a bad basketball player. But I went on this magical run for like three months of being really, really good. I don't know what, what happened. I have no idea. But my baseball career is pretty funny. So I started playing baseball when I was like five years old. And it was like t-ball and whatever. You couldn't really determine who was good in t-ball. I could always like catch and throw pretty good. And I mean, hitting off the tee is hitting off the tee. The minor leagues came around. And that was like, so that is, I think, eight, eight and nine. It's eight, nine, and ten. So minor leagues, eight I played, nine I played. And ten you can either play in the minor leagues or you can go up to the major leagues. But you have to try out. And if you're good enough to go up to the majors, they'll take you. If you're not, you just go back down to the minors. But once you go to the majors, you can't just you can't get sent back down to the minor leagues. It's not like real baseball. So they hold this tryout. And there's a bunch of kids there. This is when like tons of kids in country hockey were playing baseball. And it was my turn to bat. And I was never really a good hitter in the minor leagues. Like I just I, I wasn't. I was scared to get hit by the ball. It just wasn't really my thing. So I wasn't scared of the ball on the field. I just didn't want to get hit in the face with the ball. And, and when I was at the plate, I don't know why. So, well, I do know why. Because it was like somebody throwing a hard thing at me. And it's part of our evolution to not like that. <laughs> it was a hard, basketball, a hard baseball getting thrown in my direction. Wow, I don't want to stick around to see the end of that. So the tryout came. It was my turn to bat. And I absolutely was destroying the ball. I was hitting the cover off the ball. I was spraying the ball everywhere. Ball's bouncing up against the fence. I, just, I mean, I'm hitting in the gap. They were just, I was, I was, it was dialed in. Best I've ever hit before or since. Then the fielding. So the outfield, they hit you a bunch of high pops. And there's like, obviously it's not like, you know, pressure you feel now as an adult. But, but in that time, being 10 years old and having that many people there and that many people watching, that's nerve wracking. So it's, it's, it's hard. I killed it. I killed the outfield drills. I mean, every pop up was mine. Grounders, infield practice. I charged every grounder. That's what that's, that, that comes out. Come back. I charged every grounder. I didn't miss anything. I was making all the throws, making all the stops. I looked. I might have. I might have tried out better than any kid there. That's the truth. So I get drafted by the Blue Jays by Mister Gallette, who was my coach. He was. He was great. Such a nice guy. So, I mean, that guy was more patient with me than anybody. So he drafted me, and I came up to the major leagues. And the team was really good. And I played. I played second base, and I was a really good fielder. And, I, you know, I was. I just honestly was. I was, I was always a really good fielder. I played second base. Sometimes I played center field, mostly second base. And I couldn't hit if you... I mean, if you dropped the ball right in front, right in the strike zone, and told me where it was going to be and when it was going to be, I couldn't hit it. Like I was such a bad hitter. I was so, so I gradually, like when we first started, you know, I would be like towards the top of the order, and then 
that's that i mean by the end of the season i was like the last or second to last i just could not hit the ball i just couldn't hit it and the kids were older than me so the ball felt like it was going very fast and i got hit a lot like i got hit by pitches a ton i wasn't like i was scared of the ball it's not like i would i would like bail out i'd try and stick around to see what was going on and try and hit it i tried but there was there's just i didn't have it i was not i wasn't good so the next year came around and again I always was playing the field and playing good in the field like I I I I wasn't like the team's Achilles heel like I was playing I was a good fielder still and struggled at the plate again (laughs) like and now I'm getting older like and I'm 11 now so I'm older than some kids and I I mean I struggled again and I probably had like three hits all year my first year I probably had two one and I'll never forget, like, I was on a, I, obviously I would go on these huge streaks where I wouldn't do anything at the plate, and Mr. Gillette, like, it was such a nice guy, he came up to me, he always gave me, like, super, super confidence, and he said, hey, listen, like, it doesn't matter, I don't care what you do at the plate, I drafted you because you charged the grounders, that's what he said to me, so I got even better at the field, like, I knew that I had, I had Mr. Gillette's blessing, he didn't care that I sucked hitting the ball, and I did, I was so bad, but my tryout was so good. Like he was probably, I might have been the biggest bust in Conchahawk and Little League history. Like he probably thought he got such a steal, such a stud. I cannot believe I got that kid. Oh my gosh, we're gonna win the championship three years in a row. And then he saw me, in, saw me in my first game. Oh, I couldn't hit anything, and that took place. That happened for when I was ten, when I was eleven, and even when I was twelve. Like. I probably had like 10, 15 hits the whole year. That's a lot of bats. Like I just didn't, wasn't a hitter. Like I tried to draw a walk. <laughs> like that's what I tried to do. Try and get on base. I thought I was a good base runner. I don't even know if I was. I don't think I was any better than anybody else. But I pretend I was. And it didn't bother me. Like it didn't bother me. I was content with just playing the field, playing the field good. And being like, you know, one of the oldest kids on the team. And batting like the last or second to last or third to last or somewhere at the bottom of the order. <laughs> It's really, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing now when you think about it, but that's just how I was. Like, it just wasn't, I wasn't, baseball was never going to be in my future. So after 12, that's when I hung them up. That was it for me. I hung up, I hung up the spikes. I hung up the, the two batting gloves and, and, uh, my baseball career came to a, uh, came to a grinding hall and I, and I flamed out at 12. Uh, the old jobs I've had section. This is, um, we're still, I mean, we still have a lot. I have a lot of jobs in my back pocket. Here, I'll talk about one today. I'll talk about my job at the Times-Herald. And if you're not, if you're listening out and I have some people that listen in California or around the country, you don't know what the Times-Herald is. The Times-Herald is like the local newspaper for, it's like the eight or nine like town towns around here, like lower Montgomery County. It's not a Philadelphia paper. It's the suburbs. It's like the suburban paper. And I worked at the Times Herald, kind of, kind of worked at the Times Herald twice in my life. Now, this is not the only job that I've worked at the same company two different times. There's another job that I worked at twice also. But as for as for the Times Herald, I sort of worked there when I was a kid on my block. The paper boy was Andrew Monomare. He lived across the street. Even when my brother was older, the paper boy was Tom Monomare. He lived across the street, same house, right? They were brothers. So when my brother was younger, Tom Monomare did the paper, and Howard was backup. Howard was the the backup paper boy. Um, and then Tom got too old for it, so Andrew took over the reins. And you would be a backup paper boy if they went on vacation or something like that, and they couldn't deliver the paper. And that was something back then that the paper the paper came every day. Like that was. I mean, you just got the paper every day. Like it was normal to, to the, the paper boy would have to deliver the papers. It wasn't just like, oh, I won't do it today. Like it was a responsibility for them to deliver the paper. Andrew was a really good paper boy, but somebody needed to fill in for him when they went out of town. Well, it wasn't me. It was another kid that lived on our street. And then if he couldn't do it, then I did it. And I had to do it a couple of times. I was the third string paper boy. <laughs> that's, that's just terrible. And you only do like two blocks. But I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I thought it was awful. The Saturday 
So you usually have to do it on the weekends. Like if they went away on the weekends and both of them couldn't do it. Like if Andrew was away and the other kid was sick, then I would have to do it or vice versa. But it would be me on the weekends. And it really stunk. Like Sundays, Saturdays were fine. They were like super thin. Sundays was like really heavy. And this wasn't, this was like the bag. Like you carried the bag. So the bag was, you were dragging this bag along full of giant Sunday papers and pretty much everybody got the paper back then. So it was every house. So it was like, you know, 50, 50 some papers that you had to lug around in the morning and you're a kid. Like you don't feel like going out and working when you're, and you're like eight. <laughs> Why do you want nine, 10? Like you don't want to do that. Go throw papers. It was brutal. So I loved my position as a third stringer, but I got action. Like I would get action. I would get into the game. I don't know what the second stringer was doing, but he never did it. Like, it was always me. That was the first time I worked at the Times Herald, kind of. The second time was as an adult paper thrower. <laughs> it was an adult. I was like 18. I've really burned through a lot of jobs in that time frame before the Navy. I was burning to throw them. And my uncle worked there, and he got me a job because it was like, it was at night or really early in the morning. And you could drive and you would throw papers. And it was pretty much the same thing. And it was like tax free. So I felt like I was getting paid a lot more than I actually was because I was supposed to be saving like the tax money, but I didn't. So I was getting paid like pretty good money actually. And I only worked like I would do it to where the only thing that stunk about the job is it was seven days a week. So it was every single night you had work. And I didn't have any second stringers to third stringers. Like it was just me. So you could go in, like, I think the cutoff, or not the cutoff, the beginning time you go in is like one o'clock. Like, that's when the papers were ready. Or you can go in like one, like, or you can go in, like, the cutoff was like, like five. Like, the five was the latest you can come in because you needed to get your papers folded, bagged, and ready to throw. And the kind of stunk as an 18-year-old, like, I would try and balance partying and throwing papers. <laughs> so I'd like be partying and then I had to go throw papers. I'd be at a party and it would be getting fun and getting late. Like when parties got fun and I'd be like, all right, I gotta go. I gotta go throw papers. <laughs> it really, that, it, that, that wore on me pretty quickly. I think I lasted like two months there and I just stopped. I just stopped showing up. But so like when it rained, you had the double bag, my car, my truck smelled like ink it was the, the raining was the worst because I would, and I, I wasn't the best. I was probably a better paper boy when I was like 10 than I was when I was 18 because there would be times where I would throw the bag out the car window and the paper would just fly everywhere and I did not get out to get it. <laughs> I never did. Those circulars would be blowing around. The newspaper would be blown around and I just hit the gas. Like I wasn't, I wasn't getting out, especially if it was raining, but raining stunk because you had the double bag, double bagging in the rain was not fun because they were heavier. They were just more of a pain in the neck. It took longer to prep. So I would try and get in early at like 1am, get my papers delivered and then be home. I would try and I would go as fast as I possibly could doing everything. I fold them quick. I get in the car quick. I load them up quick. I drive quick, throw, 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 throw. Get home, I'd be done in like two hours. But I was getting paid for like eight, nine hours of work. Like it was good pay. Like actually that pay is pretty good. If you're looking for like a side gig at night, like I would maybe recommend doing that because the pay is actually legit. It's seven days a week, which stinks. And, and you know, they, you don't, they don't take your taxes out for you. So it looks like more. But as an 18-year-old, I didn't really care because I was just kind of living day by day. <laughs> I wasn't really worried about paying taxes. So it was cool. Like, I was off for the rest of the day. That's all I did. Like that was, that was, that wasn't bad. That was like 18 turning 19, like right before I joined the Navy. So that was, I don't know. It wasn't the worst job I've ever had. I don't know which one I liked better as an adult or I was definitely better as a kid. Um, I probably liked it more as an adult because as a kid, I think I got paid five bucks and I had to carry them around in a giant bag and to fold them, put them in a rubber band. That wasn't, that wasn't fun. I had to wake up super early. I guess I had to do the same thing as an adult, but I wasn't get, I was getting paid more than five bucks. So that was it. That was, um, that was my two stints at the Times Herald. 
Maybe next week I'll talk about the other place that I worked at twice, or I'll talk about the other, I don't know, 15 places, 15 jobs that I had. Again, never got fired. Always a good worker. My supervisors always loved me. Uh, I just, I just, I don't know. I guess I get sick of places quick. But that's it for episode seven. I, I don't know how long we're running. I tried to keep it a little bit shorter than it's been. We were running like an hour 20, and that's probably a little bit long. I know people start to tune me out and get sick of what I'm saying after that. So hopefully this was shorter than that. I don't really know. Maybe it's an hour 20 if it is. Sorry. But I hope you guys enjoyed it, and hopefully you tune in um, next time, episode eight. Look for that. I'll try and keep everybody posted when it's coming. It'll probably be, I don't know, two, three weeks and, and we'll record another episode. If you have any other topics you'd like me to speak on or talk about or come on the show again, the offer, the invitation is out there. It's an open-ended invitation. Come on or, or, or write in or do whatever you'd like. If you want to adjust the show or, or have any topics that you'd like me to, to focus on a little bit more or focus on a little bit less, a lot of food talk today, I think whatever food's fun we all need it we eat it every day it's probably one of the most important things i talked about things that we talk with that we have to do all day i talked about the bathroom i talked about eating i talked about drinking i talked about annoying stuff and that's pretty much life so again thanks for listening have a good one It's like...